Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Merce Lemon is on the show this week talking about the music that she makes and preparing for a move to Uruguay. The concept of an untethered life is something that I hear about a lot lately in conversations, and I feel like Merce presents a beautiful example of achieving this, while staying present to the fact that there is a lot of anxiety we carry into both creative spaces and daily life. Merce is playing a goodbye show in early September here in Seattle before she leaves, Um, but follow her music on Facebook so that you can catch some of those summer shows she's booking. The link to do that is in the details of the podcast. All right, let's get into this. Merce Lemon. One night every week or one night every other week that they have something here? So otherwise it's just practice? I mean, and yeah, there's a church that does some stuff out here. The, there's like a band that's setting up there and they're going to do like, I think, church music and stuff like that later. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's a great space. It's really fun and people should book it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys practice at your house? No, I have like a little practice space in... You know the rock rooms? Okay, yeah, I've looked at them. I thought I want to maybe book there. Has it been a good experience? For, I just practice there. Yeah, I mean, for having that as like a practice space. It's pretty amazing just to have a space that you can be as loud as you want. Whenever you want. But I mean, like I share it with like two other bands, the one room. So like I pay $30 a month. That's so cheap. Yeah. Because we split it between, like, all of our bands. But still, like, 90 bucks a month total? No, I literally, for my whole band, pay $30. Oh, that's crazy. And I'm just paying it, because it's, like, my... It's, like, your investment. Yeah, it's totally my investment. But I'm, like, I can afford that. (laughs) That's so great. I mean, literally, like, if I open up my phone and I open up the browser, that's the page that's open right now. It's, like, funny, the people that are there. Like, a lot of, like, old... That's so silly that you're there. Like, yeah, it's so strange. Like... Well, it's, like, one of those, like, you know when you get a car? Well, I don't know. I haven't gotten a car personally. Never gotten a car. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I have gotten Heather's car because she has a car. But when you get a car and you're, like, oh, I see the car everywhere. If you get a bike. Yeah. And you see that bike everywhere. Although I've never seen my bike. Yeah, anywhere. me neither. Because mine was like, it's so special. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But like, if you get like your ears pierced, then you like look at. Don't have my ears pierced. Yeah. We're gonna find a thing. If you get a guitar and you see that guitar everywhere. Okay, I have yeah. been doing that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you got the new electric guitar, didn't you? Yeah. You just started playing electric, or had you yeah. played electric before? I just started. I I'd written all of my songs on acoustic. Yeah. And then I like started turning them electric and then just started writing on the electric and it like totally changed it completely changed it's not the same instrument no like i remember the moment i realized like oh this isn't just a louder thing with more options this is a completely different animal yeah yeah so like when i play acoustic shows it's just like a totally different experience Mm -hmm. like 
You have but to. It's kind of cool. It's fun. I mean, it, it can be so exciting, I think, like playing mostly electric band stuff mm -hmm. to then like do a house show or something like that. I mean, like, this isn't just different for people who are listening. This is different for me. I'm like having to spend a couple of hours working on these, like changing them into completely new songs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even like different arrangements. Yeah, when you do it acoustic, you just do it by yourself. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I've done it with acoustic and the other guys, but we just like the way, like, I think I spend so much time rewriting the songs if I'm going to play them in You'd a different have to, like, setup. They'd like have a, to learn them. Yeah, we'd have again. to, we'd have to completely, you know, do, I'm doing like probably 10 hours of practice to prepare them for that. And yeah. I can't get them to do 10 hours of practice. I mean, I'm sure I could, but I don't yeah. want to do that to them for yeah, a house show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so fun, though. So you're doing the rock room? Yeah. That's cool. What is, like, are you able to leave that stuff all set up, or are you, like, tearing down? and? It's, like, mostly none of it is mine. It's the mm. other bands, but they leave almost all their amps in there. There's a drum kit, so mm -hmm. my drummer just has to bring, like, cymbals and stuff. Great. And I just, like, have an amp there, and mm. then... Usually my friend picks me up because I bike everywhere and yeah. I don't want to bike with my guitar because that scares no, the shit out of that's me. That's so terrifying. <laughs> I, I would never. I'll put my I put my computer in my like saddlebags, but like I've got like aggressive saddlebags that are like super okay, locked that's, in. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. My mom is always like, never put your computer in your saddlebags. Yeah. But you probably have padding. I have padding and then I've got padding on the case and I've read all the reports and they're like <laughs> do this sometimes. Don't do this every day. So I'm like yeah. once a week. That's fair. Otherwise, yeah. on your back, or you just don't bring it? Otherwise, I don't bring it. Yeah. If, if I'm like, oh, this is like, I'm going to have to do this a bunch, then I'm probably riding the bus. Yeah. And I, or I'll just not bring my computer home. That's can, the only thing I don't like about like having a lug-in instrument is like the mobility. It's, it's mobility. <laughs> That's why people get cars. Is not for like I want to get somewhere faster. It's because they've got all this shit that they have to take I everywhere. Know. I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. Having a dog, having a dog makes it, like, so key to have. It's true. Yeah. My friend just got a dog and a car at the same time. You have to get them both. Like, <laughs> There's no option. No, especially if you're working, like, full-time and you have a dog. Like, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to get home, get that dog somewhere. Like, yeah. get it to the park. Unless a you walk live so not, close to one. Right. Yeah. But who who can pay that dog park money? <laughs> I ain't got that dog not park someone, money. <laughs> not someone who can't afford a car either. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I lucked into the wife car. Yeah. <laughs> I lucked into having bandmates with cars. I, I lived off of bandmates with cars like all of college. Um, but you're... Am I wrong? I thought I saw a thing that you posted on social media recently where you said you were moving. Is this mm -hmm. true? You're leaving. Are you going to Pittsburgh? I'm going to Pittsburgh for like three months. Okay. And then I'm going to Uruguay. Whoa. What's... In December. What's in Uruguay? My friend from second grade. That's so tight. <laughs> Who is like, I haven't seen since second grade, but we were like inseparable. She yeah. like moved here with her family for a year because her father got work mm. and was in my class and I spoke Spanish and she didn't speak any English sure. and so they like paired us together right you're like a hi I'm yeah. the doorway to everybody like, else because like the ESL classes hadn't started yet so they're like can you like help her out while hmm. there's while there's no help cool <laughs> and then school we, like, systems and then like social media is amazing <laughs> yeah you like keep in touch with people from that's, second grade yeah that's totally wild um, so 
this was a person you went to elementary school with. Like, did you mm-hmm. continue seeing her through all of elementary school? She left at the end of second grade, so she went back to Uruguay. And then, so then we're just, like, Facebook friends. That's and crazy. now she's, like, plays music, like, lives with cats, like, has a little home recording studio. Mm. And, like, her family has, like, a cabin by the beach. And Soulmate. she's just, like, letting me live with her. Oh, that's so great. Is there, yeah. like, a time limit on that? Or is it just, like, I'm going? Is I it a one-way, a one-way ticket? Way ticket? Oh, my gosh. I was literally just talking with a friend about I've never purchased a one-way ticket. Really? Like, I've moved, yeah. but I drove, like, cross-country because I wanted yeah. to do, like, a long road trip by myself. And so just... that doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. I didn't get a one-way ticket. I just yeah. put a bunch of miles in another car. Um, that's, like, close, though. Yeah. It's but... close. It felt good, but, like, that purchasing just one ticket and being like, and then I'm there. Do you have to get, like, a work visa or something, or...? I'm gonna do, like, a 90-day visa, and then if I want to stay longer, you just have to, like, cross the border and then reapply for this 90-day visa again and then go back in. Dude, you're so hardcore. <laughs> That's the tightest. Yeah. Nice. You've got your housing set up. You've got a friend set up. And she said she'd get me a job. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm like, am I ever gonna leave? Dude, that's so I'm gonna fun. start writing songs in Spanish. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's either that or the queer country songs that you're talking about. Right. right. Or both. Or queer Spanish country songs. Dude, there's a market. There is such a market. I hope so. Did you... Did you... Okay, this is super fun. Did you watch the show Sense8? Yes. Did, oh my god, I love Except that Except I didn't finish the new season yet. Cool. Um, no spoilers. Okay. Um, but, like, within, like... This is specifically Mexico City, Mexican culture. Yeah. There's that actor character who the is beautiful um, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Lido. He's, he's fucking gorgeous. Like I'm just like, you are not real. <laughs> Dude. Un- inhuman. Crazy. It truly. Crazy, crazy. It's ridiculous. He's I, I keep on I'll always say to my Heather, like while we're watching that show, I'll be like, Oh, Lido's my favorite character. And then like something else will happen with another characters, I'm like, they're my favorite character now. Like, it just sucks. I was talking to my friend in the same way. We were like, who's your favorite? And, like, it just changes every time because it's just, like, it's they do such a good job. so good. They're not renewing it for a third season. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. But, like, it's one of those interesting things where it's, like, what does it look like to represent a a people group within a a culture that is, um, you know... I mean, we're talking about America right now, not exactly <laughs> the most welcoming community in the world, but still more open conversationally around these concepts than mm-hmm. some other countries, mm-hmm. at least from an entertainment perspective. Can mm-hmm. I write music and sell it if it's around these topics? Yeah, you know? totally. I have no idea. You know, this is just another Spanish culture. I have no idea if Uruguay is the same way. Uruguay is, like, pretty liberal. Like, it's... Tight. It's... I think, like, I haven't, I need to read a lot more up on it, but someone was like, yeah, the president just wears, like, sandals and shorts to all of his meetings mm. <laughs> with all, like, the suited up men. Dude. Um, so, it seems like the politics right now are really good. That sounds great. I was gonna say I would love to have a president like that, but then I envisioned Trump wearing that shit, and I wanted to vomit in my mouth. Yeah. Well, we don't need to bring him up. <laughs> I try to keep him out of my mouth. That's good. He doesn't get a platform here. Mm No. He'd wear some stupid socks with his sandals. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. Get it out of here. Get it right out of here. Well, that's fun. You've been writing, like, a ton. Like, you've just been, like, putting little bits out, putting little bits out, putting little bits out. I've been seeing. Yeah. Sometimes I, like, overwhelm myself because I, like, write too many, and then I'm just like, 
ah, what do I, what do I do with all of it? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just, like, put little pieces on the internet. That's great. And, but it's fun because now I'm writing and, like, thinking about it within, with a band. Right. Which I haven't really done before. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I'm just like, dang, this sounds good, but could sound so sick. Yeah. With all of these other people. Have you, had you done band settings, maybe not for stuff that you'd written, but had you, like, played with other people? No. Not since I was 12. Right. I mean, I was playing stuff with ba- some bands and, and, like, jamming around it when I was 12. Was that, like... Because you weren't, like, connected to any churches or anything. That's, like, how I was playing yeah, with that. Yeah, no. I, I just, like, grew up in a very musical and mm. arty family. That rules. So my dad, like... I just, like, had instruments, like, throughout my house. Like, my dad has played guitar forever. Mm. We had, like, a drum kit in the basement and, like... Just microphones and stuff. So, like, yeah. my dad would, like, hook it up for me and my friends to just, like, scream into Just it. have access. Yeah. So then me and my friend started a, like, punk band when we were 12 yeah. called Two Dragons Black and Red. And I played guitar but, like, didn't play it. Right. I just, like, attacked it. The most punk. Yeah. That's the most <laughs> yeah. punk. And then my friend played drums and then I, like, wrote all the songs. We played, like, three shows. Yes. Made ten bucks once, and I like took my family out for fries. I was Hell like, yeah! <laughs> I was like, I got it, guys. <laughs> I got it, guys. Back down. Put your checks away. Put <laughs> your checks away. I got the fries. Dude, that's so tight. That's yeah. so fun. And I feel like that's the truest part about playing music is the, can you play? Like I'm playing with blocks. I'm playing with toys. I'm playing with music. Do you have the ability to conceptually be like, can I, can I not take myself seriously and just have mm-hmm. fun with this? And mm-hmm. I think that if you've been brought up in an environment where you're exposed to the ability to fuck around rather yeah. than just, like, I have to write something. Something, totally. um, like, this has to have a tangible purpose mm-hmm. or it has to have a functionality. Like, I think that that can be really limiting. And, and not that, like, you know, you don't see very proficient people in that way, but I, I see that in the way that you write. And mm-hmm. I think that can definitely contribute to being more prolific and writing more because you're not held up by the, is this good, is this bad, is this, like, um, different than the last thing I wrote. It's just like, I like this. This is expressing what I want to. And B, it is really creative. It is really interesting. I do dig what you're writing. And I think, like, but, like, not, you know, whether or not it actually is that, the internal monologue can Mm -hmm. be so, like, self-defeating. Yeah, there's definitely still that internal monologue. But it, like, I think it does help that I came from that background. Hmm. And I think I had to, like, I think at one point I, like, unlearned that. Hmm. Like, you know, when you just, like, become, like, are getting older and you just, like, become aware of yourself. Of course. And then all of a sudden you're like, what do people think? And, and like, before you're just like, this is fun. Right. I, I like doing this. Yeah. Like, I feel so much My energy. hand is tired, but yeah. I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, you just, like, poop it out. Yeah, it poop. And then after, you're just like, you're like, yeah, you're so aware mm-hmm. of what other people are. Well, it's that difference of like, can you be self-aware so you can like take all of that playfulness and be articulate and be thoughtful and and think about it from multiple perspectives while avoiding being self-conscious, mm-hmm. you know? Is that is that spotlighting going to burn you into the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's really hard. Do you... Do you feel like that comes out more or, or less when you've been in a band setting now, now that you're, like, working with other musicians and have other people contributing to that process? Yeah, well, I haven't officially, like, played a show with a full band. I've mm-hmm. just been 
practicing and then like all of my recordings mm -hmm. for my like full album are with a full band. Nice. But it's, yeah, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And you just like, you have support. Mm -hmm. Like just you and a guitar is very vulnerable. And I noticed even like playing electric with a microphone is like less scary than playing acoustic. Like a microphone is like a shield. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like, and I had been playing, I played like three electric shows just like me, and then I played an acoustic house show, like the smallest one out of yeah. all of them, and I was like the most terrified. Yeah. It's because there's no reverb. It's like it's not carried through. Yeah. You're you're very exposed. It's like this is exactly what it is. I can't like, you know, add in some reverb. I can't add in some delay. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's just raw. It's raw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think what can be really fun in those settings when it like gets to that really raw spot is I don't know. I, I think that there's this light bulb moment that can happen where all of a sudden you've gone from I'm self-conscious to like recognizing that everybody else can be self-conscious in those mm -hmm. moments. And is, I don't know, I think like those house shows are such a beautiful thing that I, I used to do, kind of fell out of love with and I'm falling re in love mm, with. Just nice. as like, yeah, just seeing people interact with the lyrics when in a band setting mm -hmm. a lot of times people can't interact with lyrics. Totally. They're barely interla interacting with like the people next to them. Yeah, they're a lot more intimate. Yeah, it's so much more intimate, and it has, like, the ability to say, like, oh, I'm going to talk about this song, or mm -hmm. I'm going to, like, say this and then give you time to think, or if you kind of just want to zone out, you can zone out, mm -hmm. rather than just, like, this is loud, I'm trying to, like, groove into it and drink my drink and look cool at the show. Yeah, totally yeah. different experience. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do love the house show, mm -hmm. the house show vibe. That's cool. Yeah. And more house shows in Iroquois. Yeah, so my friend was like, I can get you a job at this, like, little cafe mm -hmm. that's also, a, like, kind of a club at night, and she's like, you can play there at night, too. What? <laughs> so cool. Do you want more water? Sure. Cool. I'm, like, guzzling this down because I rode the bike before yeah. the show. I've been up since 6 in the morning, and I, what? like, had the longest day yesterday because I worked at my one job in the morning, then I worked at my other job at night, and then I went and saw Alex G at the Crocodile. Alex G. I don't know if I know Alex G. He's this musician from Philly who cool. I'm just like in love with. Mm. <laughs> he played for like an hour and a half. Mm. It was amazing. That's so tight. And yeah. you're from that area, aren't you? Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Got it. Everyone always thinks Philly, but... <laughs> They're... but very different. <laughs> very different. Very I like don't even think I've been to Philly. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like I've, flown, I've flown into Philadelphia. Okay. One time. You've probably been there longer than I have. Probably. I, have so I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm much more Philly than you are, so. For sure. For sure. If it's a competition, you win. I do win. <laughs> Although I didn't know this musician. Ali. Alex G. Alex G. Not Ali G. The comedian. Ali G. That'd be tight. <laughs> Alex G. Yeah, he's like, uh, like grungy. He just has this sound that is, like, totally new, and I think a lot of people are being inspired by it, and I'm, like, starting mm. to hear in other people. Cool. He kind of seems like, I don't know, like, the new Elliot Smith, kind of. Like, he's... Mm -hmm. His lyrics are very strange, and he's, like, just very quiet. Mm. Like, on stage, he didn't say anything for the first 45 minutes, besides, like, playing. But he didn't, like, speak to us. Right. <laughs> and then he was like, thanks, guys, and then, like, played another song. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. I'm a big fan. I'm honestly, like, unless it's a house show, for live shows, I'm a big fan of 
zero talking. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't, like, when I'm playing rock shows, I don't talk. And that's, Interesting. Yeah, it's been, like, a conversation. Like, sometimes, if there's need for it, our drummer will talk, but it's, like, the very much, like, a your job with your voice is to sing at this show. Mm -hmm. It's not to talk at this show. So do you think it just, like, interrupts, like, I don't know. I think that I'm kind of a pleasant person, or I try to be a pleasant person in engaging, and I think that music has always been, for me, like, an outlet to be more aggressive, where mm -hmm. I've never been really brought up in a way that I felt I could express those types of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that I think that there is a lot of aggression within the music, and then I'll start talking, and it's like, here's a completely different perspective. I'm Andy. Mm. <laughs> I'm really glad to be here. So, like, kind of ruins <laughs> your, like, persona on stage. Right. It's it's sending mixed messages. And, and I think that I can get that, like, I'm happy, or, like, I'm, I'm really comfortable, and this feels like a cathartic release to just dig into this energy mm -hmm. in a show. Um, but then when the song, in the in-betweens of the song, it's easy for me to say well, I'm not playing a song right now. I wonder, I don't want to make people uncomfortable with this energy that I'm not always super comfortable with mm -hmm. outside of music. Just like watching you guys tune and stuff. Right. So I want to be like, hey, thanks. But it's like, you know, there's a theater to the music. And it's mm -hmm. saying like, are you in this moment? Maybe between songs, you're thinking about something else. Had nothing to do with that music. Had nothing to do with this show. It's just giving you a space where you're not having to fucking talk to somebody mm -hmm. else. And I don't want to be like, hey, guys, did you tip your bartender? And, like, pull you out of that moment that yeah. you've been allowed to have. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, letting them take in. Yeah. I'm saying this because I'm tr still trying to be better at it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'll be tuning and I'll be like, I should say something. Nope. Just tune. Just tune the guitar. Yeah. I haven't thought too hard. I Actually, I think I thought hard about the other way where I'm like, what am I going to do in between? Mm -hmm. And I'm like... I'm like, am I going to have things to say? But I like that you're like, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. And I know that. But, like, there is so much pressure when you're up there. You're just sure. like, people are just waiting for me to do something. Totally. And, and I'm not and, ready to play my song, so. And I'll go and see shows and see somebody whose banter is fucking on point. It's like mm -hmm. the thing that you remember from the show right. sometimes. Okay, so you know Kimia Dawson? Yeah. She is, like, the king of doing that. Of mm. just, like... Where, like, half of it is maybe her just shit-talking. Yeah. But it's, like, the best. Yeah. Oh, who is this? Um, there, There's this band called Penny and Sparrow that, that does stuff like that. There's some mutual friends from another band. They're out, uh, I mean, they're out from all over the place, but I think that for the most part they're out of, like, Nashville, Texas, different mm -hmm. spots over there. Um, east. They're east. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was this one show that I saw them play at the Fremont Abbey, and they did two things. One of the times was the first thing that they had, that they said. They played, like, three songs in a row. Gorgeous. Two guys, one of them plays guitar. The other one just stands there and sings. And he's, mm -hmm. like, the lead vocalist most of the time. And it was really, really cool. Like, did these beautiful songs, beautiful harmonies. And then after the third one, they go, I know. We're fucking killing it right now. <laughs> and it was just so cocky and so good. Because it was true. And I was like... <laughs> yes, because you think that they're being so deep, and they are, but at the same time, they were like, I'm not going to take myself too seriously, yeah, and that was appropriate, mm -hmm. and then later on, the the guy who, like, stands there and isn't playing the guitar says, so we've worked on this song for a while, I feel really, really great about this, um, it's just pretty, you know, it's an important song to me, we worked through a lot, and there's going to be a part later on in the song 
that my, when I come in, um, it's really going to change the way you're thinking about this. So just kind of as that comes in, pay attention to that part and trying to set the structure for how to sing the song or how to listen to the song. And then the other guy plays through it, sings his part, and then the song's over. Well, the other guy never even came in. It was just a way to get everybody kind of on the edge of the city. Everyone's just like, waiting for is it. Is it coming now? And it was kind of a shorter song. It was like a minute 32 yeah. minute song. Did they acknowledge it after? Or no, just, just totally. <laughs> when it was over, he then took the mic and said, thank you. <laughs> it was just like points. I love it. Clever. Very clever. Yeah, that stuff's fun. Yeah, super fun. And that's like they have bits. I'm sure they mm -hmm. do that at every single show. Mm -hmm. And this was years ago, so I'm probably not ruining their bits. And if I am, I'm sorry for ruining your bits. And I'm sorry for saying ruining your bits. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've never, I don't know if I've heard those words together. Ruining your bits. Yeah. I ruined their bits. <laughs> You're it's like, a, huh? It, it's a sex story. I ruined their bits. It's quite, it's quite awful. It's quite awful. Yeah. We don't want to know We don't want to know about that. We don't want to know about it. Ugh. That's fun. No, I like that, that you're thinking about that, though. And you were saying, though, that when you were talking in between the kind of the leading up to the show mm -hmm. and thinking about, like, what am I going to say was kind of more of a what am I going to do? Not in the moment, like, oh, I have to say something. This is like the anxiety before the show. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, usually I try and make sure I don't have anything to do the whole day. 100%. So that I can just, like, wake up drink my coffee, and, like, drink a lot of ginger lemon water, mm -hmm. and, like, practice a little bit, and, like, nap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you feel like it's nervous, or is it anxiety, or what is, like, the physical kind of sensation around the, I'm going to play a show today? Yeah, definitely, like, pretty anxious, but I think that I mean, like, I just started performing in front of people again mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time. Because I was, like, I had to, like, come out of my shell again. Like, I grew up, like, like I was in chorus in elementary school. Mm. Like, I I was in Spanish version preschool, and I grew up, like, doing plays and musicals. So yeah. it's, like, always a part of my life. And then at some point, I just stopped doing all of that and, like, mm. played soccer. Cool. And, like, I always wrote and I always drew. But, like, the performing part, like, I was terrified. I couldn't even get up in front of a class. Hmm. And, like, and so, like, a lot of these songs that I have are, like, songs that I've been writing in my bedroom for, like, the past three years. Yeah. And have only just come out of my bedroom. Mm. <laughs> and, and, like, I think I played my first show in front of people, like, for the first time in a while, and I was, like, energized by it. Yeah. And then I was, like, okay, I want to keep doing this. <laughs> totally. I just, like, needed that reminder. Yeah. It's like the, oh, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And and I think that what that can come from, it can be hard to stop something and restart that thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, and maybe this is a bad comparison, but if you were to transversely say, like, okay, I haven't played soccer in a mm -hmm. long time, and now you go to Uruguay, and all of a sudden there is, like, like a recurring, like, hey, here's an intramural team, we play soccer, we actually do this semi-competitively, and we want you to be on it. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be like a, I don't know, maybe that would be a similar sensation. I have had that feeling about soccer, too. Really? Yeah. Because I did stop playing, and then I came here, and I, like, played pickup a little bit last right. summer. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, very intimidating because it's all dudes. I'm usually the only non-dude. <laughs> but, like, I, I, like, kept going, and after a while, like, people know you. But it's mm -hmm. true, like... I was, like, energized by it, too. Like, you just, it, like, brings back all these feelings. You're like, oh, yeah, this is why I loved it. Right. 
Well, and it's so, I feel like so many things are that way. And I think a lot of it can have to do with like, kind of societal upbringing telling us you're the musician Mm -hmm. or you're the sports kid Mm -hmm. or you're the, like, you can't choose one, choose one. Yeah. Like you can't do these other things. And, and I think that that has been one of the hardest things for me to battle in life is being like, I'm a musician. Um, and that means I can't do sports. Like I really avoided sports for a bit because I thought like, I can't do this. I do acting, I do all these things or like being like, I could never get like an office job. Like I'm a musician that would kill me. Like I would hate that. (laughs) And both of these things, like I love running, I love biking. And like, if I get out on a field and I'm playing like ultimate Frisbee or or soccer or something that has a lot of like active movement associated Mm -hmm. with it, like I'm having a great time. It's the best. It's the best. (laughs) Or like I came into like slowly working in mental health and then started working administratively in Mm -hmm. some of those settings and was like, oh boy, here we go. This is the end of it. And ended up like really liking the consistency of work having energy when I was done with work Mm -hmm. to do creative things, feeling like I was really like, oh, I walked out the door that doesn't come with me at all. My body is really kind of ready to go and do something. I would love, I have like all of these thoughts that I've been able to think about when I want to write. So Mm -hmm. like, it's been really like a, no, you can do those things. All those things that you told yourself you couldn't do literally no one, like, yes, you have these societal images that Mm -hmm. say you're a simple individual. You should be one thing, but if I choose that I'm many things that I could mm-hmm. go in any direction, then I can. I could go to Uruguay. I could do that. You can. Like, there's no reason you can't do that. Yeah, and then all those things, like, influence the art that you make. Absolutely. Like, you need, like, we can't all be musicians who do the same thing. No, like... <laughs> especially not, like, musicians that are just doing music. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I like a song about being on the road, but eventually, like, I need some other substance in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. I know. I've been thinking lately about just, like, Cause I just like write so much and then sometimes then I like look back at lyrics. I don't, and I'm just like, dang, I need to find like other places to find inspiration. Cause sometimes mm. I feel like I recycle. I'm in that space right now. And, and what I'm doing right now, actually I'm doing this like project with my friend. We're writing a whole EP about his cat. Cool. Who like has stage four <laughs> kidney cancer mm. and who we both love dearly. His mm. name is Johnny. Johnny the cat. And I did write, I wrote one song about Johnny already, and now he's been writing the lyrics and, like, handing them to me, and then I turn them into songs. Cool. And I'm like, I kind of love this. Yeah. I was just like, I need a break from my own lyrics. Right, and you need a break from your patterns. Like, Mm -hmm. we get in the structure of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, Mm -hmm. bridge, verse, chorus, or something like that, or it has to be in 4-4, or I have to use these kind of cool words. Uh, with a band, we've been doing a little bit more jamming or like what other musicians are like, hey, I wrote this part, I just recorded a little bit, sent it over to you, come up with something off mm-hmm. that, which is not something like jamming is very much out of my wheelhouse. I'm very... Literally. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a, lost. okay, I wrote the structure. I yeah. wrote the foundation for the song and then I'll come into a setting and move around in it. Mm-hmm. And even I'm willing to change parts. I'm really to get rid of sections, but like... To write in an environment with others is like, I'm learning how to do that. I'm fully like square one learning what that's like again. Yeah, I'm very lost when it comes to that. A lot of people are like, lately have been like, want to just like get together and like play guitars together? I'm like, I don't even know if I know how to do that. Right. I'm like, I know how to play guitar. I just like, 
<laughs> when, when you're by yourself, you're just, like, so comfortable. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you're, like, in this vulnerable situation with someone else. And, like, when you're, like, writing songs with yourself, you mess up all the time. Yeah. But then you have to mess up in front of someone. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's the point. You do have to mess up in front mm-hmm. of someone. Like, you can either be as good as you are, or you can fail mm-hmm. in a in a controlled environment. How controlled do you want that environment to be? Like, do you want it to be like a, oh, I'm playing music in front of other people and things are going in an improvisational direction and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do? Or is it like, um, I've played the round a bunch of times, which is, have you been to the round before? Mm-mm. Um, it's a thing that the, the Fremont Abbey or the Abbey Arts puts on. They'll do it there. They've done it at cathedrals. They've done some at like, uh, the triple door. But basically what it is, is three musicians, uh, or multi or bands or groups of musicians all on stage the entire time. So rather than one act plays all their songs, mm. then the next act, they're all on the same time. First person goes, plays a song next person goes, plays a song, third person, so on, and it goes in a round. I love that. And people will, like, talk about, oh, you just played that, and now I was going to play this, but now I'll play this instead, because mm, it's more mm-hmm. responsive to that. Or you might even, like, oh, you're playing that? I'll sing some harmonies. And, like, going to the rounds and trying to think, like, okay, I'm going to contribute at least on two songs today and, like, believe that in your heart. And it's mm-hmm. the scariest thing for me yeah. to be, like, I'm going to improvise in front of people on someone else's music. On somebody else's music. Like, yeah. I might make someone else's song worse publicly. <laughs> no, let's give them a dirty look. Like, gone? why'd you do that? Uh, uh, C plus, B minus. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had one time where I super crashed and burned because uh, I was like, it was like a holiday thing and somebody was playing and I jumped on the piano and then they just started playing and I was like, oh, it's in this key and I started playing and after like four seconds I was like, Nope, was thinking about it modally. That's a different key. And then I was afraid to touch the keys because there's that moment where you're like, what key is it in? I thought it was in this key and I'm trying to do the math in my head, um, but I'm in front of a couple hundred people. And then I'm also thinking like, I can play like one note and I'll be able to figure out where it is, but then I have to like audibly play. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So eventually I picked it back up and like, jumped on some harmonies with it and played it really light. But it was just like, there was a moment where I was just like, wrong note, wrong note, wrong note. Okay, gotta stop. Gotta stop right there. (laughs) And it was like a, it was a holiday thing. It was like a, it was like a holiday song. It was a known song. Everyone knew that's wrong. Just, hmm. Oh, what's wrong with this piano? It's broken. No, it's you. You're broken. Not my fault. Not my fault. But just kind of like going back to that idea of like, Sucking at some point, Mm -hmm. I think is such an important thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to suck at points and to constantly throughout life, go back to being shitty Mm -hmm. and and never get to the point where you're too cool to be bad at something you're good at, you know, because that's that growth process of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Yeah, Yeah. I know. And I think that the recording studio has been a very space, safe space to Mm -hmm. like mess up a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've just like learned so much. Totally from agree. that from that experience, so even just like finding harmonies, like 
definitely like I'm like oh is it this and it's just like wrong for like five minutes then we're just like all trying to find like the harm right that's how it gets right is you're Mm -hmm. wrong for five minutes yeah it's the end having five minutes to be wrong and then you just like loop it and you're like you're like trying to find it or he's like it's here and I like almost have it every time yeah and then you finally get it yeah well and that's so much you know it's creating a safe space Mm -hmm. it's creating a safe a space where you're like if I do this I'm not going to get booted out of here. I'm not going to be insulted. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to be there being like, you got it. Mm-hmm. Try this. Yeah. That <laughs> is the person that's recording me is amazing. Yeah. And he's like done a lot on the tracks too. Yeah. There are no okay recording relationships. There are great recording relationships mm-hmm. and there are shitty recording relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you, so is this a friend that you're, or are you paying someone to do this work with you? It's like kind of an in-between. Nice. So, um, I play like this really quiet acoustic show opening up for my friend's band. And do you know the band Great Grandpa? That name sounds familiar. Maybe they're, because I saw you post it. Yeah. So that they're a local Seattle band, but they're cool. like kind of getting big. They're doing like two huge tours this summer. Mm-hmm. And the guitarist from it saw me play and was like hey i'm like starting this home recording studio thing Hmm. and i would love to record you and so it's like in his house but like he's legit he has tons of stuff cool and a lot of friends that play a lot of instruments have stuff and friends (laughs) yeah so like we're doing like kind of a trade yeah um i've been like making art for him i made like the the logo for his recording studio and stuff. Awesome. So like, Super cool. Yeah. So it's like, I, I did give him money because he's put so much work into it. Sure. And I like really couldn't have done it without him. Like a lot mm-hmm. of... But he's also is. willing to kind of say like, let's do this on more of like a communal method where you can offer what is more readily available to you. Yeah, totally. If it's not money, what mm-hmm. else do I need that yeah. you can provide? I get him free tickets to the movies whenever he wants. I work in a movie theater. Uh, it could be any movie theater. I really, this was my first thought when I saw that you were moving to Uruguay because I've really not cashed in on the fact that you yeah, used it please. and you've told me to. And I yeah. was like, shit, I need to take advantage of this fast. Yes, you should. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you do like, I didn't, I mean, I've seen some of the visual stuff that you've done and it looks like for the most part, like it's been like print work or drawing work. Is it's there? It's mostly drawing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's cool. Did you, and was it pen and ink for his projects as well? Yeah, I did, he just like has his Facebook thing for, it's called Wormhole Recordings. Cool. Um, and I drew the pictures for the profile. Um, yeah. Tight. It's like liney stuff. Yeah. It's so hard if you're like, I am not a visual artist. And this is again, one of those things that I could be. I mm-hmm. loved doing visual art as a kid. And mm-hmm. then I had like some teacher's assistant that was like oh you're colorblind that's a bummer that means you can't do art and so I stopped doing art and then what? never picked it back up I know there how was some can, kid how it, can there be teachers like no that? no it was a teacher's it was like a, I was in I think I was in fourth grade mm-hmm. and this was like a sixth grader that was coming to help out oh but I was, was like some adult no 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 kids? adult was telling <laughs> me this no and and it was just some person but it's like it's fixed in my mind to this day mm-hmm. as like a, that was the moment where I had been drawing comics and then, like, tried coloring them, and then they saw them and were like, ah, oh, you meant to make those all blue? They're all purple. Bummer, you can't do art. And I was like, you're right, I can't. Clothes never touched wow. for, like, years yeah. that day. But it's just kind of like one of those, like, I would just have to suck for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I would be good at it. 
I know. I have I have a hard time doing that because yeah. I just like want to be good at everything. Dude, that's the <laughs> fucking worst about being adults is we're just shitty at sucking. Yeah, I know. I'm just like I just want to like just like draw it the first time and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there has to be a process. Yeah. And I have to acknowledge that. I wonder. I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with like. I don't know, existentialism, just feeling like, what's my value? Mm-hmm. And then having this harshness of, like, separating the value of what you create. And, it, like, being somebody who can recognize, like, mm-hmm. is this better or worse than other things around me mm-hmm. from a social perspective? And with my limited lifespan that I'm aware of, if I'm trying these things, like, is this good already? No, what am I doing with my life? Like, mm-hmm. that can so... You can... Literally. It can just, like, be all of a sudden... Which is such a, uh, a a crazy psychological concept, too, to have that giant worldview all of a sudden be around this thing you drew. Yeah. That's not real. It's like... Yeah, that's so real. It's so back and forth with me. Like, last week, I was like, I can't write a song. Like, it, it had been, like, a week that mm-hmm. I hadn't, like, written something. I, like, Get kept picking up the guitar. You fucking with your week. <laughs> with your week. And I was, like, watching a lot of TV, which I don't usually do. And I was, like, I was, like, what is my purpose? And my right. sister does the same thing where she just, like, draws one thing. And then she's, like, I can't draw. I'll never draw again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, we both have that horrible attitude. Yeah. And then you, like, do it a few more times, and you, like, get out of it. Yep. And you, like, forget that you felt so hopeless. And I would say it's especially after you do something that you're really proud of. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment that you do the best thing is the moment where you're like, well, now that's where the bar is. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like the Christmas effect. Like, I Christmas is over. Shit, what am I looking forward mm-hmm. to? I have to start from zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I have nothing <clears throat> up ahead of me. Yeah. Or Hanukkah. If you, yeah. if you do. I just am talking from my own perspective. Totally. Yeah, but, I know. I'm trying to get past that idea that, like, what you're making is, like, embodies you completely. Because yeah. I'm just, like, I am more than, like, the art that I do every day. Mm-hmm. And it can turn into such circular thinking where you're, like, I'm not good at this, so I shouldn't do this. I feel bad, so I want to distract. And you distract yourself with something like television. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with television, like self-care, do that shit, mm-hmm. that's great. But when you're doing it specifically so that you're not mm-hmm. thinking about how you feel bad about the thing you're making. That's what I do. And then you feel bad about the fact that you didn't do any time. It's, mm-hmm. it just, it can so perpetuate. I know, instead of just like watching TV because you want to watch TV. Yeah, watch TV, feel good <laughs> about just, it. just like letting yourself do it's that. It's this guilt. And like, I'll even have moments where I'm like, watching TV and I'm like, I should be making music right now. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? And instead it's like, fuck you, inner voice. I want to watch this show. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And then saying, like, and I will engage with this and follow mm-hmm. through. You know, and we know internally, am I being lazy mm-hmm. or am I relaxing? Mm-hmm. And there's a, I think that it doesn't matter if somebody else can call you out on that. There's only yourself in that. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I know. I do have that battle with myself where I'm like, I did just work, like, 50 hours and, like, played a show and... I'm just gonna, like, rest and Ah. not make anything. Like, I've been exhausted. But there's also just this thing where there's so... Like, the internet, and, like, you get to see all these things other people are making, so then you, like... There's this external pressure where you're like, well, Mm. they are making all these things. What am I doing? Yeah, and it's constant. Someone Mm -hmm. is literally at every moment creating something Mm -hmm. so much better than anything I've ever created, and it's showing up without me trying to find it. 
Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm, like, I'm trying to just, like, be inspired by those things rather than, mm. like, be feel, like, Man, hopeless. Uh, there was this, I cannot, I'm not going to be able to attribute it to who said it, but there was this podcast I was listening to um, on uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. He had a guest on, but he was talking about this concept where he, uh, I really want to remember his name. Anyways, the, he was talking about how he was listening to music and coming to this moment and, and seeing comedians. He was seeing comedians because he's a comedian. And instead of having that moment, we're like, shit, I wish I came up with that. Mm -hmm. Like being like, I am, like you are one of me. You are another comedian. Mm -hmm. You're another artist doing this thing. And when you have success in that, that success exists. Who cares if it was from me or from you? The fact is we as a group have created this mm -hmm. and like being like like trying to find that moment and I, this is so hard but I had one moment where I was like I did it I can feel the emotional sensation of I'm watching something that a friend made I went and saw Jan John Van Dusen I don't know if you know his music does he work at Slate no no he's oh. he's out in Anacortes okay. um but he used to be in this band called the Lonely Forest and he just started releasing some new music again um and it's really good he did this release show out in Mount Vernon and watching him play, I had this moment where I could just be like, I wish I wrote those songs, but I'm so glad you wrote those songs. Mm -hmm. And that makes me, at, it can make me as happy as if I wrote those songs myself. Mm -hmm. And like taking that energy and saying like, I don't have to one up that. I get to come into this saying such good music exists and I'm part of it also. Right. And you, you get know? to bring something else. Yes. Like different energy. Yeah. It's so much self-story. <laughs> like, what am I telling myself? Mm -hmm. What's my inner monologue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you have external voices that are also saying, like, Merce, you rule. You're good. Or is this something... Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's all, like, what are you doing with your life? Uh -huh. Yeah, like, I definitely, like, have been feeling good about the things that I've been making. And, good. like, feeling really excited about it. Yeah. And that's, like, that's why I keep making. Mm-hmm. Because I like it, and I like doing it. That's the reason. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I and, and not just from, like, an internal standpoint. I, I guess the more of the question there was, like, and maybe maybe it is more self-voice. Do you feel like you have others who are celebrating you oh, right. well within that? Yeah, totally. I've mm. gotten, like, really good feedback from playing shows, mm. which is, like, yeah, it's so, it's so nice to hear someone, like, like, have like feel things from mu music and mm. I like a lot of my older songs are really sad because I wrote them when I was like depressed and like mm -hmm. lived by myself and and like those are the songs that always like touch people because we can all like relate sure we can all relate to sadness mm -hmm. so like I don't always want to play them but then I know that like the way that things like that reach people is like really meaningful and that's like also another purpose of like making music it's yeah. just like putting something into words that maybe someone else couldn't mm -hmm. or just like didn't know they were feeling until they heard it or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite beliefs about music is that, or about art in general is like this concept that the artist is like this prophet figure that we're supposed to be the ones who go through the desert of emotion and come out with the tablets of truth or yeah. come out with the, Hey, I went through that thing. Here is the experience in a, uh, chewable form, you know, and like you can consume it mm -hmm. through this medium. Yeah. Whereas mo whereas others have distracted or have said like, 
I experience this, but I don't know how to share it. And so instead to have it shared with you says like, mm-hmm. oh, there, I'm not alone. Yeah. And mm. I, and I like think a lot about, I'm like, dang, like are all these songs, like, is it weird to write so many songs about yourself? Which obviously it's all going to be about you because it's coming from you. Sure. But like, it feels like part of me, I'm like, this feels so narcissistic, but then I'm just like, but this is your story. And like you sharing it is, is not narcissistic. It's like, it's bringing people together. Sure. So I like, ha- I like have to remember that. I'm like, oh, sharing my story so that other people can relate. Absolutely. And, and I think that it's important to represent your own story within that and, and how you experience things with others. Uh, because I think that, um, I had a, a good friend that was, was talking about this recently about the, what do I do around if I want to write a song that's representing a person of color as a white male, which he is, um, if I want to represent a, a black female because I want to write the song because there's all these things happening right mm-hmm. now and I want to support that person, like, is me writing this song about their experience actually me taking their experience away from them and me cashing in on it to for this creative medium? And it, it and it's, I think that that's not an easy answer. Right. And I think that it's very important to ask questions mm-hmm. like that, saying, um, you know, you've got your stories and it's important for you to share your perspective and it's important to give voice to others. But at what point are you taking that voice away? Right. I've, yeah, someone? I've had that conflict too. Yeah. And I think just specifically to that, it could also be like, just like even just writing about your whiteness and like your privilege within that mm-hmm. could be, could do the same thing mm-hmm. and not like take from someone else's culture. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've been kind of, trying to think about writing songs that are in that mm-hmm. in that context right because it's so relevant right now mm-hmm. and I do have like a few they're like a lot more general and I think yeah and I think that's fine like I know like so so many people that I listen to are like the are very wordy and very specific mm-hmm. and I like kind of teeter on the line of like I would say you're less of, like, wordy. straightforward. Yeah. But, like, still a little poetic. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's great. And I think that you are very good. I especially thought this with it with the last song that you just put out earlier this month. I thought that that was, it was Baby. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great way to just represent voices mm-hmm. and let the story be perceivable. Mm-hmm. Saying, this isn't a very wordy song. Mm-hmm. This is just a few words. But you really get the concept. You really understand mm-hmm. the story within that. And I could, I was wondering, is this your own personal story? Or is this mm-hmm. you representing somebody else's story? It is my story. It is your own story. About, like, dating someone. Right. Who, you just, who like, didn't make me feel loved. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just like, this is like everyone has felt this, literally. Absolutely. Well, and I think that the reason I couldn't tell, is this your story, is this somebody else's, is because I thought that, in that story, I felt like I could understand both characters mm-hmm. equally. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like... Right, because I think I've come to, like, a realization that I'm, like, I understand the other sure. side. And you've <laughs> been... I mean, and I could feel like I was, like... Because I've, I've been both those people. Totally. I can take totally. myself and... Yeah, and that's a good to, point. Yeah. Maybe I didn't even know that, but it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could, I could listen to that song or I could sing that song and be, like, I am the the reject or I am the rejector or I'm the rejectee mm-hmm. in this song singing it from either perspective like mm-hmm. you don't have and I think that that's a really unique way to make a song mm-hmm. is to to allow the person to say 
which character are you? Mm-hmm. I'm not forcing you to say, like, you're this character. It's like, mm-hmm. you could be either. Totally. And I'm using less than 100 words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I have been thinking more about, like, writing songs from other perspectives. Like, just, like, not my story, but... Like, I wrote the song Carol, which mm-hmm. is not my story at all. It's more... I think, like... I think I've been writing, like, fantasy songs. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I wish this is how it was mm. <laughs> in my life. So true. Um, and I think that that's, that's a completely different concept. And I am mm-hmm. a big advocate for that. Like, I have a lot of songs that are around, like, I am willing this into existence. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I mean, the old band that I was playing folk music in, like, the kind of more folk rocket, and that was really the concept of a lot of it is, like, I'm writing these songs not about something that I've experienced, but something I wish I could experience, but I feel totally. detached from it. Yeah, so then, and then I had, like, the battle. I'm like, well, like, is this, I'm like, do I even, or just, like, the idea, I'm like, this isn't mine. This is just my dream. So then I was like, is this even, like, true to myself? Just, like... But then I was like, it's fine. Like, I know what I want. Right. <laughs> the point... And I think that it's so easy to to enter that question and come up with a quick answer. Like a, yes, because it feels good. Or no, because then I'm avoiding it. But mm-hmm. instead, to, to think through that and, and wrestle through, like, is this right? How do I answer this question? Mm-hmm. Should I sing the song? Should I not? Should I change it? Um, and within, like, what we were talking about before, representing black culture, not representing black culture, giving a platform it, for it, I think that I'm in this place where singing about my own whiteness in that is something that I've thought a lot about, but have in no way come to the place where I have enough resolution around what is the appropriate way mm-hmm. to go about doing that, that I'm ready to release that and say, here's an example of how to go about this mm-hmm. for other people in this similar situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like... Fuck, I don't know. I'm not... This is important. This is very mm-hmm. important how I talk about this, and I'm not going to do it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, it's tough. Yeah. I yeah. My I tough wife life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is the first song. <laughs> Next one is White Tears. Oh, God. <laughs> Carry my emotion. It just doesn't end. <laughs> it literally never does. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I feel really good about this. I'm excited about what you're doing. Are you playing any shows coming up anytime soon? I'm, I'm like, in the process of putting together many shows right now. Cool. The only one I have lined up is, like, way, like probably my going away show, September 2nd. Cool. Um, but definitely so, dude, a Dude, September's right around the corner. I know. Yeah. But my and, family's coming in and eventually, August. At some point, you'll listen to this podcast, and we'll be in the past. Yeah, dude. Huh? I know. This, it's just flying by. Yeah. <laughs> I bought my ticket to Uruguay when I was, like, in Pittsburgh, and I was like, I hate Seattle, it's cold, and it's winter, and the sun never comes out, and then the sun came out, and I was like, I love Seattle, (laughs) why am I leaving? (laughs) So now I'm, like, like, finally, like, finding my place with, like, my music. Well, that's why you leave in September. I know. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. But I'm just like, why is it right when I'm, like, finding all the things that I love and, like, feeling very solid and... Sure. My creative process that I'm like, okay, start over. <laughs> well, and it's, but it's not starting over. It's not. It's, I've learned it's so constantly yeah. arriving. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally get that. I think that that television mind of like, oh, the show, it's the series end and now it's the new series mm-hmm. of, of me in Uruguay. It's just like, no, this is, you're right. It's you, we just happen to fall asleep and it feels like chapters in life, but time is just a constant 
thing mm-hmm. that's happening. Like, you didn't, like, stop something, and now you're starting a new thing. It's just, like, this is a yeah. continuous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I am going to play my music on the East Coast, and my dad, he's in a band that was called The Working Poor, and now I they changed their name. Hmm. Can't remember what it's called. They've been playing forever. Cool. But he's... Him and his friend are going to back me up while I'm on the East Coast. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying Dude. to have my sister sing with me and my mom play bass. And I'm like, family band. Family band. Dude, a family band dream. is so tight. That's so fun. I yeah. love that. Dad band. Dad band. Get that dad in that band. Get that mom yeah, in that band. Yeah, like sing really gay songs with like my parents backing mm. me up. I'm like, that's what I want. Mm. I mean, we're, we're like getting to the end. There's so not enough time. But has have they always been supportive and, and like welcoming in around that concept yeah they're they're amazing (laughs) that rules i know i feel very lucky to have the family that i do and i think the things like about just like finding my sexuality and like dealing with gender and stuff like a lot of the things that i struggled with were because of like social stuff and had nothing to do like I was always in a place at home where it was open but it still like took me a long time to like realize a lot of the things because of just like the world that we're in like the heteronormative world that we're in sure I mean I mean that makes so much sense to like say like this is okay at home Mm -hmm. but I'm still gonna hear someone call me slurs or Mm -hmm. refer to that as, with a negative connotation, use mm-hmm. it as a derogatory around me. I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm supposed to feel bad about this. I don't see this represented within my culture in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. And when I do, it's sensationalized a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But... Tight. That's so great. I love that your family's like that. <laughs> I imagine that they're the best. <laughs> I would kill to see that family band. West Coast tour. Dude, yes. Yeah, get them over here. <laughs> Okay, I will. Oh, they're going to be here in August. You won't have practiced yet. I don't want a shitty show. Yeah, you're right. Make my fucking money worth it, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do it for you. Cool, I take it. I fully accept that. That'd be so fun. Um, cool. And you totally, if anyone made it to the end of the podcast, which future goes high, um, if, if you should, and other people should, book this space because it's like super underutilized. It's like crazy reverby if you want to do an acoustic mm. thing. And it's such a, a fun, intimate spot for, like, to have, like, a spice where you can play for 50 people, but have a high-lofted ceiling uh-huh. and, like, these nice wood floors. Like, ugh, it's such a cool space. Is it something that you pay money to book, or? Yeah, it's like a, or, you can pay money to book, or if you're putting on a show, you would handle it in a traditional style that um, most venues have, if they're, which is that, um, they're saying, hey, this is the cut for the door. Totally. A lot of times they can, if they're booking constantly, if it's a bar, they don't have to say, like, this is our cost, and then you make, on top of that, X percent. For a place that's booking less, nine times out of ten, they're going to have a dollar amount that they get. And if you sell that much and and make that money off the show, great, you get everything above that. Um, but places that aren't bars don't have the bar picking up the literally picking up the tab for mm-hmm. having people show or not mm-hmm. show. Um, so it's a different model than a, than a bar venue, mm-hmm. um, but it's like one of those ones where if you plan it, it's going to take a cut, but it's such a smaller cut than a bar would take or another venue would mm-hmm. take. Um, and they're really focused on like making sure that 
musicians can succeed. And they do stuff like, hey, you want to volunteer here for a day? Then it's half the cost. Oh, yeah. That yeah, means, and shit yeah. like that. Like, similarly to the, to the guy that you're recording with, mm-hmm. saying, like, what resources do you have? Do you have money right now? No. How about time? Do you have some time and energy to, mm-hmm. to help us out with our projects? So they're a nonprofit and they do shit like that. Cool. Yeah, they're cool. I love it. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I'm so yeah. glad. Did you have any stuff that you wanted to talk about that you, like, didn't get to? Um, I don't think so. No. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Cheers. Yay. <laughs>